Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 30 is entitled The Stories of the New Testament, Matthew Chapter 4 and Luke Chapter 4, The Temptations of Christ, Part 2. In Podcast 25, we examine the first temptation of Christ in the wilderness. In this podcast, we shall examine the second and third temptations of Christ in the wilderness. If you have not downloaded Podcast 25, may we invite you to do so. Though the two podcasts are self-contained, Podcast 25 does offer some useful background information. Temptation 2, Matthew. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Luke, and he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Again, Satan is mocking Christ. If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. Temptation, too, symbolizes the spiritual kingdom. It is ironic, of course, that Satan is promising something that he doesn't have to give, and that Christ already has. Christ will be forever known as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But it is the same lie that Satan promises all of us. Satan uses religion to achieve his ends. Many people have used the power of religion to control the conscience of man. Satan wants us to worship him. Notice that Satan freely quotes scripture. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Solomon's temple, or the temple of Jerusalem, symbolizes the power of God on earth. It is the center of worship for all Jews. We must accept that this moment in the life of the Savior is real, that Satan really took Christ upon the highest part of the temple. If he had thrown himself off the temple in front of thousands of onlookers and been miraculously saved, all the Jews of Jerusalem would have worshipped him as the Messiah. That is the kind of miracle even the Pharisees were looking for something spectacular to impress the Romans. It was perhaps the only act Christ could have done to persuade them to worship him, for they all looked for the return of the Messiah at the temple. 
But that is not how God ordained it. He sent Christ incognito into the world with very few witnesses, who believed the shepherds but the very humble. Mary and Joseph had to surreptitiously take the child Jesus and flee to Egypt to escape Herod. The original excitement would have died down. The second temptation addresses the act of using religion to gain power over people, and that is not the role of Christ's true church. Satan is offering Jesus power through priestcraft. That was not Christ's way. When he healed people, he often cautioned them not to tell anyone who did it. He never used his miracles to show off or to increase his power or his fame. Miracles became a witness of Christ only to true believers and those who believed in the ancient prophecies. All miracles can be explained away through natural means. Without the Holy Ghost, no miracle has the power of conversion. Look how quickly we dismiss modern miracles just because they can be explained through natural law. Yet, who is nature's God? Why, it is Christ the Creator. Though he performed many miracles, Christ kept them private. Everyone did not see Lazarus coming forth from the tomb, and though he fed the five thousand, they were already believers, and even then the miracle is only spectacular when told by his disciples who already believed. In reality, one can assume that the miracle was so subtle that it was only after the fact that many recognized it as a miracle, which could soon be explained away. And with so many, perhaps some didn't know it was a miracle at all. We know that later, many of his followers who had witnessed miracles abandoned him. Again, we must examine Christ's answer to Satan. Matthew, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Luke, and Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Tempt has many meanings. In addition to the familiar entice, allure, seduce, enamor, excite, or beguile, which we attribute to Satan, tempt can also mean to tease, induce, persuade, cajole, coax, inveigle, prevail upon, influence, sway, provoke, goad, dare, put to the test, incite, or bait. In other words, it means to put our will before God's as we continue to prevail upon God to give us what we pray for, regardless of God's wishes. Sometimes God gives us, even to our own destruction, what we desire and not what he wants for us. God cannot be tempted as we think of the temptation of Satan. To tempt God means to plead for him to grant us our desires above his own will. What sets Christ apart from all mankind was his perfection in putting the will of his Father first in everything. The most famous example of all is his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew, then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. What if in that great moment Christ had tempted God and prayed that his own will be done? But of course he didn't. That is why his second and third prayers changed significantly. Matthew, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, If this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, 
Thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Notice the subtle change in his prayer. Rather than, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He said, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. The foundation for that magnificent prayer was laid in the wilderness when he faced the three temptations of Satan. In that greatest of all moments in the Garden of Gethsemane, he entirely submitted his will to the Father and took upon himself the sins of the world. Nothing in the temptations of Satan matched the difficulty of that moment. Luke tells us he bled from every pore. Luke, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. The third temptation is one familiar to mankind, for it has destroyed many civilizations. Temptation 3. Matthew. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Luke, and the devil, taking him up into an high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, For this is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. In the first temptation, the devil tempted him to turn stone to bread. In the second temptation, Christ was taken to the top of the temple. In the third temptation, Christ is taken to the top of a mountain, and is promised the world in exchange, of course, for his own soul. It brings to mind a famous warning of Christ. Matthew sixteen twenty six. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Christ understood how man could be tempted to exchange his soul for the entire world, for he was tempted in the same way. Satan has been making those promises to man since Cain killed Abel and many have made such a bargain with the devil. Satan has tremendous power over the world, and many of the hearts of man. It was not an empty promise. Christ knew that Satan could give him the world. What was at stake here, however, was not just the soul of Christ, but the soul of every man, woman, and child on the earth. If Christ had succumbed to even one of the temptations, he could not have offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He could not even have saved himself. It was necessary that Christ remain perfect. Otherwise, he could not have satisfied the law of justice. Even the father would have had to turn his back on his beloved son, for he could not save him. Christ alone is the Savior of the world, only because he kept his father's commandments perfectly. That is why God the Father placed all judgment into the hands of his son. Christ's answer to Satan has become familiar. Matthew Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Luke, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, 
For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Look at the similarities in all three of Christ's answers. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. 2. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. 3. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Satan quoted scripture in tempting Christ, showing his great cunning. But notice that in all three instances, Christ accurately quoted scripture, putting scripture in the correct context. 1. Man should live by every word of God. 2. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. 3. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Those are the words that Christ himself revealed through his prophets. He has never asked us to do anything that he himself was not willing to do. He was perfect because he never violated a commandment of his Father. Christ came to earth to do the will of the Father. Christ always acted under the direction of the Father. Christ wants us to submit our will to him just as he submitted his will to the Father because it is the same thing. Again, we are reminded of that sublime scripture. John three sixteen through 17 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The key to Christ's success in overcoming the temptations of Satan is that he never lost focus. He kept his eye on the will of the Father, which was for him to fulfill his mission and bring about the salvation of man. If Christ had accepted the world on Satan's turn, he would have gained the power but lost the glory and all mankind would have been condemned with him, been forever under the power of Satan. Because Christ overcame all things, Christ, not Satan, has the keys to death and hell, and through Christ all mankind may be saved. Satan lost the greatest battle of his life. Matthew, then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Luke, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Because Christ overcame all temptations and endured to the end, we have a choice to follow Christ and gain eternal life, or to follow Satan and live in eternal captivity. It is Christ alone who gave us agency. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.